Morning. Boy, that was weak. Good morning. Are we excited this morning? Well, if you're not, this song's going to make you. Because that's what we're supposed to do is worship the Lord, man. And, and it don't mean you're always just slow. And, you know, it's good to have those moments. But, man, I need woke up in the morning. So here we go. I was buried Thank you. 
Amen. Hey, you got us awake this morning, right? All right. Hey, thank you for joining us today at Crossbridge. Uh, I'm excited to be here and um, had last week off with John here, and man, he hammered down last week. I, I, I really appreciate John and our service last week, and but I love sharing God's Word, and so I'm excited to be here today uh, and, and to teach. And so uh, join with me in prayer as we uh, open today and have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here, Lord, today to worship you, uh, to preach and teach your word, God, and, and in all things point people to you, Lord. Uh, Lord, thank you for our worship team and the time they spend uh, leading us in, in song of you. And, and today, uh, Lord, let us worship you in spirit and truth, love one another, and, and in everything we do, Lord, we just want to honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone. Oh. In three weeks, I'm yeah. going to try to come to church and see how I feel. 
this, Marty? I was going to eat that. Why would you put that in my mouth? No, Marty. Get away from me. You're a weirdo. I don't like you no more. Maybe while you're there, you can try to fix your strap. Yeah, fix my strap, bro. It's annoying. It's bothering me. Oh, does that bother you? <laughs> yes. Wrap it around. Yeah. Swaddle me, Marty. Get my blankie. Give me my blankie, Marty.
You may be seated this morning. Got a few announcements uh, to cover. So right after church today, we've kind of got a busy Sunday today. Right after church this morning, we're going to have a business meeting. If you can stay, please stay because we've got new information on the building, uh, the new building. We've got information on a women's freeway house. So business meeting right after a morning service. We'll, we'll take about 10 minutes after the close of the morning service and then we'll have business meeting. And then after that... The team that is, has volunteered uh, to start looking for a women's house is going to meet right after business meeting for just a few minutes. So got, got, a, got some stuff going on after church, so if you can stick around, that'd be great. Saturday night freeway service every Saturday night at 530 uh, for dinner, service at 6 o'clock. So here's the whole point. If you know somebody who is lost, this is literally our evangelistic outreach every single week of the local church. So if you know somebody that needs Christ bring them. If you know somebody that's struggling with alcohol or drug addiction, bring them on Saturday nights. Mike can sign papers uh, for court also, so if you know of somebody who has to attend an AA or an NA meeting, they can come and hear the gospel and get their paper signed on Saturday night. So uh, you can do that. So bring them. Wednesday nights, we're going to be starting some new uh, classes. This week we have uh, a, a video uh, of living a life of significance with Tim Tebow. It's really good. I've watched it. We're going we're gonna to have it upstairs this week. We'll also have kids' classes and youth classes. And, of course, we have cooking teams that cook dinner on Wednesday nights, so you don't have to worry about uh, eating before you come uh, on Wednesday nights. Men's discipleship this afternoon at 4.30 here at the church, and then Bible study at 6 o'clock every Sunday. Men's discipleship at 4.30. Uh, what are the, a weekend of discipleship? Is that approximately okay? So if you if you maybe you missed last week, jump in this week. Uh, it's a great. I, if you've never went through the book, if you've never uh, went through the 14 week discipleship program, I encourage you, uh, fellas, to come to that. 
Women's breakfast, got several women's activities uh, this week at Prickly Cactus, Friday morning at 8.30, ladies. They'll send out a reminder on the women's Facebook group, but uh, women's breakfast this week uh, at Prickly Cactus. Fellas, Saturday, January 21st, men's prayer breakfast at 8 a.m. at Grillo's. Wednesday night, we had a prayer night. I love doing those. Like every couple of months, we'll have a Wednesday night where we have prayer time. Also, if you have a prayer request, please send it to us throughout the week. There's a link. Uh, uh, we use the Remind app, and so we're constantly sending out updates and prayer requests uh, on the Remind app. So if you have a prayer request, please let us know uh, that. Um, Wednesday, January 25th, so not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, we're going to be starting some new classes. Uh, we're going to be going through Proverbs upstairs uh, here. Uh, of course, we'll have kids and youth classes. And then the ladies uh, are, are going to go through a class by Brenda Cook on verse mapping. It is a way to help memorize Scripture better. Always very important to memorize Scripture as we're taught by Christ because that's how we defend ourselves. That is the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. It's how we defend ourselves against Satan. So uh, Brenda Cook's going to be going through that. I, I also texted this out, but if you've got, you guys have not seen, we have a new blessing box. And so we have a blessing box on the side of the church out there. Um, they're stocking that with clothes, food. We've already had people use it, which is why it's there. So uh, I was asked to, to announce again, if you have things uh, that you can bring in for the blessing box, please bring those in. Uh, ladies Craft Day, another event for the ladies this month, uh, January 22nd from 1 to 3. It's going to be a Valentine's uh, Craft Day, so please see uh, Dana on that. Speaking of Valentine's Day, the, uh, they did uh, chocolate-covered strawberries last year. Tammy did that. They're going to do it again this year. Chocolate-covered strawberries will be made on February 12th, correct, Tammy? 13th, and then Valentine's Day is the 14th, right? Okay, so they're going to be passing out order forms in the next few weeks. If you would like to help with that that day, please see Tammy. I know she had a big group of people last year that made. How many dozen did you guys make last year? 300 dozen chocolate-covered strawberries. So if you like chocolate-covered strawberries, that's the place to be. Because you know, like, you can come and sample some before they sell them. That's, that's part of it, right, Tammy? Yeah. Um, so uh, what else? Okay, young adults, uh, college and career and young adults. Sunday, January 22nd, they are going to lunch and doing an activity in Springfield. They're going from 12 to 4. From 12 to 4, uh, please see the Curleys, uh, college and career and young adult class. I think I got everything. Did I forget anything? Does anybody have anything else going on that we need to know about the church? Anything? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's do enter our time of worship before we jump into God's word together, and we'll take up the morning offering today, and so we'll bless that. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, again, just for the opportunity, uh, Lord, to be here today to preach your word, and uh, Lord, as we enter our time of worship, it, it, worship now, it is uh, time, Lord, to give back to you. And so, Lord, uh, I, I pray that you uh, bless this and use it to further your kingdom in our, in our local community and around the world, supporting our missionaries. And, and Lord, I'm thankful, thankful this morning we live where we do, uh, Lord, that we have the ability uh, to give back. And so, Lord, let us give our best joyfully and cheerfully. And in all things, God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. See the battle, you see the big. 
back up there please I want to make sure make sure we read through this listen because I, I, I want you to can you put the chorus back up there yeah. all right I want you I want to read through it real quick make Come sure on. we have an understanding of this 
It's amazing grace. This, uh, this is unfailing love that you would take my place. Amen. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life that I would be set free. Why do we sing? Because what he's done for us. That's worship. Man, good job this morning. Good job this morning. Amen. Um, all right, First John chapter 5. Kids can go downstairs to Children's Church this morning with Miss Sierra if they'd like to. If you want to keep them in here, they're more than welcome to stay in here. Or they can go downstairs and be wilder than a March hare, right, sis? No, she says. First John 5, 6 through 12. All right, so we have not been in First John for a couple of months because we celebrated Christmas. And I like, I, I like preaching through books, but I also like preaching topical sermons because there's things we need to talk about. But I like preaching through books because I can't avoid anything. And I think this is a passage that if you weren't preaching through the book, you would avoid. Because this passage, this isn't one where you just get up here and open the Bible and read it and then preach a sermon. I had to really study this week on this because this is a hard passage to understand. As we read through this, you may go, man, what in the world is he talking about? But God's word isn't confusing, okay? And we should want to hear the whole counsel of God. And in fact, in studying this... This is an amazing passage, okay? And I was, I'm actually really excited about this, this, this passage and getting to... It's going to be more of a teaching. You know, sometimes I get up here and we just rant and rave and I hoop and holler sometimes. This is more of like, I, I really... I, I want you to hopefully you learn something this morning about this passage and why it's there. So it's 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 through 12. And if you would stand one more time, let's honor God's word together uh, as we read it uh, together. It says, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us, eternal life, and this life in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Let's pray together again. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Uh, God, this morning, that we could lift our voices in song, and Lord, those words matter up there, and, and Lord, so I'm thankful that you took my cross that I deserve, that you took my punishment that I deserve, Lord, you, you, you took our sin upon yourself on the cross, and Lord, we worship you today for that, we worship you that you died and were resurrected, proving you were the perfect sacrifice, and, and, and Lord, we can trust you and believe in you, and so Lord, I, I pray this morning that um, we'll learn, Lord, um, and that... And that if people need to be convicted of their sin, God, that your Holy Spirit will do that. People will be saved this morning. Uh, turn back to you. I'm thankful, Lord, that we serve you. That will you say when we just humble ourselves, you'll exalt us. So I pray for humbling this morning, God. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but just an amazing message last week that God brought us through John Stroop. And um, I'll tell you, excitement just wells up in my soul when I hear the man preach because I believe with all my heart that he's doing exactly what God created him for uh, and designed him to do. And it was about prayer. And if you didn't have a chance to listen to it, go back to the Facebook page or go to our website and listen to the sermon from last week. I just thought he did a great job. Uh, he, the guy could preach for hours and hours, and I'd feel like he just got started, you know. Uh, and those kind of guys or those kind of men are just anointed by God. Uh, and I'm thankful for this church that we have him as a brother in Christ. Uh, I, I think it's also important, though, that you hear from other people besides me all the time. Uh, yes, I, I'm honored to be the teaching pastor here, um, but there's strength in numbers, right? And this this pulpit is not mine, it's God's. And so I'm thankful for that. And this coming year, uh, you're going to hear from Mike Simons. You're going to hear from Mike Estelle in this pulpit. And I think that's important uh, that they have the opportunity to bring the word and we have strength uh, in numbers. All that being said, like I said, it's an honor and privilege to serve here at Crossbridge. Uh, it, uh, 2 Timothy 4.2 tells us, it's a charge from Paul to the young preacher Timothy. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and extort with complete, exhort with complete patience and teaching. So he, he tells them, be ready, preach the word, right? So we're back in, in John, uh, 1 John chapter 5. It's been a few months, but <coughs> excuse me. Today in this text, we see the testimony. We see a couple of words used over and over, and it's testify or testimony. And this passage is the testimony of God the Father and the Holy Spirit to the world about what? About who Jesus is. And there, these two major terms are used over and over in the passage. It's testify and testimony. What is that? Just so we make sure to start there. Testimony is a formal written or spoken statement, especially one given in a court of law. It is evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. To testify is to give evidence as a witness in a court of law. To be an official witness. To serve as evidence or proof that something has existed or being the case. So what do we have here? What is this passage all about? We have John saying that God himself is the one testifying or witnessing to the deity of Jesus. It is God himself saying, look, I am the witness that Jesus is who he said he is. That Jesus was God in flesh. That Jesus was the Messiah. That he was Christ the Savior. And why is that important? Well, that's foundational Christian doctrine. If we don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, if we don't believe in God in flesh, that Jesus was God in flesh, then we don't have a saving faith. And we're dead in our sins. It's foundational Christian doctrine. So this is something that you must get right. It's something that we have to have right in our lives. And God gives us two types of testimony here that I want to cover this morning. The first one we're going to call outward testimony. And it starts in, in uh, verse 6 where it says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but water and blood, and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is truth. So the first outward objective witness to who Jesus is, is he lists is water. Now what in the world is he talking about? What is he referring to? He is referring to the baptism of Jesus. So turn to Matthew chapter 3. Turn to Matthew chapter 3. 
We've got several verses here, so be ready to flip maybe a little bit this morning. Uh, to flip around in your Bibles. But it's a baptism of Jesus. So what happens here? Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 is the baptism of Jesus. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John, talking about John the Baptist, to be baptized by him. John would have pre prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So here Jesus, we see at Jesus' baptism, the trinity and the deity of Jesus. The heavens open. What happens? The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus. It rests on him. And what does God the Father do? He gives him a blessing. He says, behold, this is my beloved son. He blesses him. This is a very vivid picture for people that are there. For John the Baptist. This is a very vivid picture that Jesus was the only begotten son of God, the Messiah. Now, it's also an extremely important thing for us. If you turn to Hebrews chapter 5, I'm not going to read it, but Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, it gives the qualifications of a high priest. It gives the qualifications of a high priest. The high priest must be a man who was called or blessed by God. So why is that important? Jesus is fully man, yet he's fully God. And yet he's anointed or blessed by the Father at his baptism. That's extremely important for us. Because if Jesus wasn't blessed by God the Father, then he couldn't be our high priest in heaven. The book of Numbers lists the qualifications and requirements for a high priest. He couldn't be our high priest in heaven who is interceding on our behalf. So we would be dead in our sins. So you see a vivid picture, an outward testimony of Jesus at his baptism where God blesses him, anoints him, and the Holy Spirit rests on him. It's an outward testimony that the people see. It's an outward testimony at Jesus' baptism that we can be sure. It's a way that God's saying, I'm testifying about who Jesus is. That he is who he said he was. It's a testimony. All right, what's the second uh, objective witness? It's blood. If you go back to 1 John chapter 5, it says water and blood. What does this refer to? This is the outward testimony of the death of Jesus. The death of Jesus on the cross was a witness to who he was. So let's read that. It's uh, Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27. Verses 45 through 55. We've got 10 verses, but I want to read them. Matthew 27, 45 through 55. It says, it says this, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge filled with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and saw what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. So the outward death, the death of Jesus on the cross, is an outward uh, event uh, that was a testimony of who Jesus was. So what happened at that? The curtain is torn in two. The curtain. Why was that important? What is the curtain? And I think these batteries, are these batteries dying? They're beeping at me. No, they're not. I'm hearing something beep. I really, huh? It's Tammy? What do you do? You're, are you okay, Tammy? Are you beeping? Okay, all right. I thought it was my batteries. I'm like hearing something beep. I'm like, I think I was dying. Okay, so the curtain, let me get back to this. So the curtain in the temple is torn in two. Why is that important? Because behind that curtain in the temple is what? The holy of holies. God resides there. When Jesus, and, and the only one allowed behind that curtain is who? The high priest. Once a year, the high priest goes behind the curtain. When Jesus dies on the cross, the curtain is torn in two. That is very significant because that means that we now, common man, have direct access to God through Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. That's an amazing, amazing thing for us. That, that we have direct access to the creator of the universe. What else happens? The moment that Jesus dies, the earth shakes and rocks are split open. Now this isn't just a normal event. This isn't just a small thing. This was a big earthquake. In fact, I did some digging on that this week about earthquakes in Jerusalem and what that would have happened. And CBS or excuse me, NBC News, secular media organization, right? They're not going to promote Christ, but they did an article on this. And geologists studied the Dead Sea sediment and the rocks, and determined that a significant earthquake moved sediment, broke rocks. How do we know that's the truth? Because that's what God's word says happened, right? They confirm that. You can look it up. It was a big event. This everyone would have known that there's an earthquake. This wasn't just a little tremor. This is I don't I didn't look up what magnitude, but it split rocks. It was a big deal. What else happened? Tombs were opened. And many bodies of the saints were raised and appeared to many people. Can you imagine being in Jerusalem and seeing the tombs open and bodies of saints walking around? Testifying to who Jesus was? The Roman guards who were pagans, who are lost, never heard about the Old Testament, never heard about the Hebrews and, and the Messiah coming. They saw it, and what did they exclaim? Truly. This was the Son of God. 
Lost people said, truly, this was the Son of God. That was an outward event where God showed us who Jesus was. And she showed us. What else testifies about Jesus, our passage tells us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit constantly throughout Scripture is testifying about who Jesus is. Constantly. Mark 1.12 says the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness after he had fasted. The Holy Spirit is constantly, it's with Jesus. It rests upon him. It's constantly with him. Acts 10, 38 says Peter is, it's, Peter is sharing about Jesus to Gentiles, to lost people. And this is what he says. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So what do we have? What do we have? We have an outward testimony of who Jesus is. Three testimonies about who Jesus is. Now why is that important? Why would that be important? Because Old Testament law required the evidence of two or three witnesses to establish the truth of a matter. Deuteronomy 17.6 says this, on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses, the one who is to die shall be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. Jesus also says the same thing. Ter uh, turn to uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. John chapter 8, 17 and 18. Excuse me. <clears throat> it says, in your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. So Jesus even said, look, two or three witnesses, you know it's true. You know that it's true. So listen, go back to this passage again in 1 John, which is hard to understand. Now it's coming into clarity a little bit. This is amazing. God knows what he's doing. What does he do? He gives us his own witness. He gives us his own testimony about Jesus. At the baptism, at the death, and the confirmation of the Holy Spirit with Jesus. He gives us three witnesses that say, he's the man. He is who he said he was. You remember, who did Jesus say that he was? Well, people say, well, Jesus never came out and said he was God. Yes, he did. He let people worship him. If you let people worship you then and you weren't God, you were executed. Well, when did they worship him? What did they do when Jesus came into Jerusalem? They laid down branches in front of him, worshiping him. When Thomas, after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected, when Jesus appeared to his disciples and good old doubting Thomas says, I'm not going to believe in who Jesus is until I can put my hand finger right in his nail marks and in his side. And Jesus says, come here, Thomas. I'm paraphrasing. He says, come here, believe, Thomas. And what does Thomas do? He falls to his knees and he says, my Lord and my God. Jesus didn't say, Thomas, get off your knees. I'm not God. He accepted the worship of God because he was God. It's amazing. So what does God do for us? 
he gives us these outward examples. He says, you can believe the testimony of men, and it's true, but believe my testimony. I'm God, is what he's saying in 1 John chapter 5. He's saying, Jesus is truth. He is who he is. Listen, he gives us three. Verse 9 in our text says the testimony of God is greater than any other. So if you want to believe in Christ, believe because of the testimony of God himself about who Jesus was. He gives us the evidence. He's greater than any other. But now hold on. Hold on. Why mention all this in the book of 1 John? What's the point? Why mention this in the first of, book of 1 John? Why did John write this? Because John was fighting false teachings about who Jesus was. John is constantly fighting false teachers saying different things about Jesus. That, that they, people believed in multiple gods. People today, you talk to them enough, let me say, you talk to them enough polytheism. You know, I, I had a long discussion. You guys remember the 4th of July parade? You guys remember we're at the 4th of July parade and we set up our booth. And we got there early and we got set up. And me and Hunter, I took Hunter and I'm like, let's go on a little walk. Let's walk around the square before it gets too busy. We'll see what everyone's got. On the opposite side of the square is the Mormons. They had a big booth set up. And I wasn't going to get into a big with them. But they stopped me. They stopped me. And they said, would you like to write your favorite verse on our whiteboard? And Hunter looks at me with a big smile on his face. And I said, go write Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, son. So he goes and writes Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. Not of works. It's a free gift of God. Lest any man should boast. He writes Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 down. And the, more, the young Mormon missionaries, which I love them. I, I love them to death because they're sincere. And they really think that they have the truth. And they're sweet guys. They're, they do anything in the world for them. Right? They say, oh, we just love that verse. I said, I do too. But the problem is the Book of Mormon in 2 Nephi 25, 23. Write this down. You can Google it later. Don't go get a Book of Mormon, but Google it. It contradicts Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Because you all believe you have to do things in order to be saved. And you don't have the right Jesus. And these guys are like, oh, man, who's this dude? And then somebody, uh, an older gentleman, walks out from behind their booth. And oh, he makes a beeline. He says, I want to visit with you. I said, hey, just so you know, in all transparency, I told him who I was. And I said, you guys stop me. Well, we stood there for about an hour. You guys remember that we're there. I stood over there and I talked to him for about an hour. What you don't know is after that conversation, we emailed each other back and forth for a long time. And I got to share truth with him. But you know what he ultimately admitted to me, which I've never had a Mormon do? That he was a polytheist. He believed in multiple gods, which is heresy, which is not true. But he admitted it in one of the final conversations I had with him. But I shared the truth with him. Listen, you don't think there's heresies about Jesus. There is all over. You just got to have the conversations with people, right? It's the same thing that John is fighting. He's fighting false teachers. There are plenty of false teachers today. Now, you know I opened this sermon with 2 Timothy 4.2, right? Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. You remember that? You know what the verses are after that? You know what the verses are after that? Verses 3 and 4. 
for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. Welcome to the American church today. Welcome to the American church today. Let's get a preacher that is going to tell you that God is okay with your sin. Let's get a preacher that will say, it's okay if Adam marries Steve. Love who you want to love. Listen to me, they're teaching a false Jesus and a false God. They want a God that will fit their passions. That will fit their liberal view on abortion or marriage or Marxism or any of the other things. A, a false God that will say, there are many ways to heaven. That's a false God. You know, what the, you know who their God is? Satan. Because that's what Satan wants to teach. Listen to me. If Crossbridge ever wants that kind of preacher, me and Mama will pack up the Ford F-150 and go down the road. I can't be, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to say what the Bible says and that's it. I pray that every single one of us always stand for truth. The truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven. The truth that God is holy and rejects sin. He rejects it. The truth that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. The truth that we are dead in our own sins by our own efforts. But that God, being rich in mercy and love. What's the song? Took my payment. Bore my cross. Took my cross. Took the punishment for me. The fact that Jesus is true. That Acts 4.12 says there's salvation in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. Jesus himself in John 14.6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's truth. That's the truth of who Jesus is. That's why this is in 1 John chapter 5. All right, I know I'm dragging on this morning, but here we go. Here's the second one. I just now there's a second point. Only got two, though. Now there's an inward testimony. We saw the outward testimonies. Now we have an inward testimony of who Jesus is. That's in verses 10 and 11 in our text. The testimony is the internal subjective witness to to the Son, of who the Son is within the believer's hearts. Well, what's that? That's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, that is a witness to who Jesus is. Romans 8, 15 and 16 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by who we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit living inside of believers bears witness that Jesus is who he is. Now listen, here's the, here's the issue. When we reject the Holy Spirit, when we reject God, it's rejecting the Holy Spirit. It's calling God in our text what? A liar. It's a liar. Listen, 
When you hear the gospel preached or shared and you have that tug on your heart. When not, I'm talking about when you, he, when you are in a class driving down the road, when you are in sin, when you are hearing the word preached and you know you're wrong, you know you're dead in your sins and the Holy Spirit is tugging on you and you say, I don't want you, God. I want my sin. Leave me alone. You have blasphemed the Holy Spirit and you're down. You're rejecting God. People ask sometimes, what's the unforgivable sin? Murder? No, we've talked about that before. What about killing children? Crimes against children? Horrible things done to children? I think years ago, with Haley Owens in Springfield, I knew her grandpa intimately well. Horrible, horrible crime. We're all shocked, right? What about that? No. Now listen, I think those crimes deserve capital punishment. I do. I think we ought to expand capital punishment in our country. I really do. If you don't think so, read the Old Testament. But God can forgive. But if you reject the testimony of God on your heart, if you reject the Holy Spirit, there is no other sacrifice. There's nothing. You say, when have you rejected the Holy Spirit? When you know you're dead in your sins and you hear the word preached or taught and you harden your heart and you don't humble yourself, you are rejecting the Holy Spirit. When you do that, you're lost. You're dead in your sins. There's no other sin that can, every sin can be forgiven but that. Jesus' own words say that in Matthew 12, 31. I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. What's that mean? That's rejection. That's you saying, no, God, I don't want you. I don't want your Holy Spirit. I don't want you. You hear the word preached and you reject it. You're lost. You're dead in your sins. Listen, I love this passage after I've studied it even more because God gives us the witness about who he is and who Jesus is. He gives us the witness. I want to close with this this morning. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. I want to close with this. God gave us testimony of the baptism the death of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit with Jesus. He gave us an inward testimony of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. My question this morning is, do you have that? Do you have that? Can you live a life of sin and rebellion and not be convicted? Can you live a life of sin and rebellion and not be convicted? Do you have a deep desire in your soul to want to live a life honoring God? Those are questions that you can ask yourself if you know you're in Christ or not. If you can live a life of rebellion and sin against God and not be convicted of that sin, I warn you today, that should be a red flag. If you can go about your life and not want to honor God. 
not want to honor the God who died for you on the cross by the way you live, that should be a warning flag going off in your life. It should be a warning flag with your life. Listen, there are ways that we can know we are in Christ and have salvation in him. And I close with this last verse in our text in verse 12. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son doesn't have life. Listen, that's black and white. You're either a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ or you're not. Listen to me, I believe with all my heart, time's passing. The older I get, the quicker it goes. None of us are promised tomorrow. I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to scare you. For my brothers and sisters in here, you know what it should do to us this morning? It should draw us to our knees in thanks of a Savior. For those who don't know Him, it should draw you to your knees in an expectation of fear and punishment. And you should humble yourself. I pray this morning you'll do that. This is what I'd like to sing. I know you guys had another song picked out, right? The third song that you sang about we fight on our knees. Oh, can you guys sing that again? Yeah. I'm going to have them sing that song because here's the deal. I'm telling you, we're in battle. Where we fight is on our knees. I want you to pray for each other, for families. If you don't know Christ, come talk to me. Come talk to me. I'm going to stand this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this morning. I thank you for your word. It's a hard passage to understand, Lord, but you you make it perfectly clear when we study it. And I pray this morning our our congregation learns something. And I pray, God, as the song we're about ready to sing to you, that we do our fighting right down on our knees. Lord, I love you this morning. I thank you in your name I pray.
Thank you guys. Thank you guys for all your hard work in leading us in worshiping and song uh, of our Savior. Uh, and thank you all for coming today. Here's the benediction. Uh, it is Psalms 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on Him. To all who call on Him in truth. God gives us the truth. He tells us what the truth is. And what do we do? Like John said last week, hey, right? Call on him. Just call on him. Pray to him. Pray. Ace, close us in prayer this morning. Yes, sir. Business meeting after about 10 minutes after the closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your blessings, Lord. I, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit in this room tonight, this morning, Lord. I pray for that person that's still white knuckling it, Lord. I pray that uh, one of us 
show, walks alongside them and shows them the light. And that the Holy Spirit guides them right down here to this altar. Lord, you're, you say the foot is level at the cross. That's not just for me. That's for everyone. Lord, I love and praise you, and it's in your wonderful name I pray. Amen.